0: on today's episode of Ready to Lead. I can imagine all 40 people are sitting there, their ears blasted to, to the door. <laughs> it doesn't get any better. He just com- completely gets unglued, continues to scream and yell at me. And when I could finally get a, a word in edgewise, I, I just said, you know, right now, I think we're both so upset that we really are not gonna be productive in this meeting. So why don't we just take a breather And let's reconvene when we both are a little more calm. And I just got up, left, got out the door, kind of smiled at everybody, parted the crowd. (laughs) He went back to my desk, pulled out some paperwork, and then had a complete private meltdown. My knees were shaking (laughs) under the desk. I thought, what did I just do? I am so fired. (laughs) I was just like, oh, my gosh. I I just... but what was really interesting about that was i noticed almost immediately that my esteem within the company within, and especially within that group even though there wasn't a memo that went out to the whole corporation i right. you know clearly the word got out my esteem just rose incredibly and to me it was a revelation of what the definition of leadership was totally because realize that if I didn't show enough respect for myself, why would my team think that I could be trusted to have their back if they needed it, right?
1: Welcome to Ready to Lead, a show that gives you, the leader, tools, tips, and insights you need to grow your team, your company, and yourself. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Ready to Lead podcast. I'm so excited to be with you. I'm Jeff Mask, your host. But this time, my counterpart won't be Richard's voice. I am so excited to be joined with our special guest, Karen Pierce, who's the CEO of KMP Consultants. Karen, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you, Jeff. It's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
1: Oh, man. Thank you. Seriously, our pleasure. And we love to have you here. Uh, I'm so excited for... Our audience to hear the conversation and what really inspired us to come to the table today to record and to share uh, best practices and leadership and how we can lead through toxic work environments. Yes, you heard me correctly. That's what we're going to talk about today because I I think sometimes what happens with toxic leaders is we tend to cope. We tend to find coping mechanisms we tend to tolerate, especially when they're the leader of leaders and you know the CEO or the founder or one of the C level executives. And it can be really hard to know how to navigate that really tough environment. And so not only have you done that, and you have great stories with that, but I, I also think that the, the listeners will benefit greatly from how you did it. And and I'm gonna, you know, ask a couple questions along the way, but before we get to overall toxic work environments I want to back up a little bit and introduce everyone to you a little bit more when Karen and I met we have I've, I've known of her through a different different coaching group and other business business entities that we're with that her husband's a part of as well and then at an event I spoke and afterwards she and I connected and I believe the words she said were we speak a very similar language it was something like that and and I said well tell me more so tell me tell me your experience of that Karen kind of What you heard and why you felt like we should be connecting because i completely agreed with it and felt the same thing as you were as you as you were sharing
0: well i think at the base of it was really that leadership in in the way that you were explaining it that day really resonated with me because it's really about people it's Mm -hmm. not so much about skills how you can prioritize or how you can get work done really getting work done is about people and developing people and inspiring them and motivating them cuz like I forget who actually said this but I love it you can't be a leader unless somebody's following you and if <laughs> if no one's following you you're just out on a nice walk right so how do you <laughs> how do you do that right? right and and a lot of people do it by brute force and mm-hmm. by tactics but it's so much more and I think that's that's something that we're really seeing now as we we look at this quote, great resignation, employees are are voting with their feet. They're totally. very intolerant, very impatient. They figured out how to work work around life rather than what they were doing when they were in the office, which was work life around work.
1: Totally, totally. And so
0: we haven't made that change. And you yeah. were talking about really developing people, the the the, the EQ part of leadership that Mm -hmm. so many leaders just kind of do a head nod to and, and ignore.
1: Right. Totally. So well said. And you know, very often when we lead by title versus by, by influence and inspiration and, 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 and I don't want people to hear inspiration of, Oh, it has to be so touchy feely. Sometimes inspiration is let's get our button gear. Like it doesn't have to be so soft. But when we lead through influence and through inspiration and through through that type of, of way, it's so much more sustainable. Otherwise, man, when it's through title and through fear, it's it's super rough. And people, as you said, they vote with their feet. Or some of them colorfully vote with their middle finger. You know, just depends on how they want to vote. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they may go one way or the other, Make right? This so, job
0: and shove it, right? <laughs>
1: So I'd love for people to hear your origin story and just kind of who you are. In a few words, tell me, tell us what you do and why you do what you do. I think it'd be great for people to hear that.
0: Yeah. I help leaders and their organizations really navigate change and mm. do that by developing not only an environment where people can work, but really have fun doing it. And when I say fun, it's really about value and about contributing, finding that, that place where they, they really feel a part of the organization, mm. not just someone love who- that it gets assigned a task. Yeah. Because I really Wait, believe that work doesn't need to be a four-letter word. Yeah. It, it really should be rewarding and human. Heck, we spend, what, at least a third of our waking hours, and some of us even more than that, given what's mm-hmm. been going on. And rather than endure it to the weekend, we should really be feeling like like we're contributing to something bigger than ourselves.
1: Totally with you. So, so true. I love I love saying that work does does not have to be a four-letter word it's genius (laughs) very well said now I totally agree it can be something so rewarding so fulfilling that that ideally helps us become a better person all around especially when we're not quote unquote working right I, i love that so so a little deeper how did you land here doing what you're doing like what what happened in your life that that culminated to what you're doing now which is clearly in your element it, just when you talk about it you totally light up which is a fun feeling i, I can definitely uh, uh, relate to that so how did you land where you are right now what what happened in your life that helped you go you know what i'm going to be doing this because you didn't always work you know you didn't always own your own business you didn't always do what you're doing so right. tell us a little bit of how you landed here
0: well it all started as a young aerospace engineer <laughs> <laughs>
1: That started right there is awesome. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> so different. Continue.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, back in the day, getting into that industry and especially as a female was challenging to say the least. A uh, significant amount of resistance, a lot of real difficulty, despite my ability. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, being good at what I did was actually something that turned out to be more negative in my in my experience than a positive. Interesting. So, I could work really hard do great things, but still not be part of the team and really hmm. not be recognized for it. So for example, my work was sabotaged. I was aced out of a patent. Promotions hmm. were scuttlebutt in the, you know, at the water cooler about who I slept with to get there. Hmm. And even at one point, my life was threatened. So, you know, it, it wasn't a matter of changing companies to change the situation. I had done that too. And all it did was change my parking spot, right? Litigation. Well, you know, you have to decide that something that you really want to do. And I didn't think that was going to be terribly effective, nor Mm -hmm. did I feel that that was the right way to Mm -hmm. really affect change. Right. And so I came to a decision point of, well, this is the situation. So what is my role? Am I to pursue this or am I just to quit and find something else? Mm -hmm. And through that, that reflection, it was really, no, I have a purpose here. Hmm. I can try and make a difference, influence some people's minds about what I can do and how I do it that would change their opinion of a female in this situation. That was, that was the situation I was dealing with and hopefully make it a little bit better for those coming behind me Wow and so I had to really think through okay what is the the situation what are the challenges and be very intentional about how I went about it without wow. losing myself in the process
1: totally totally and having that those number of experiences and and navigating them as well as you did helped you realize now I'm going to do this for other people on behalf of them, because some don't know how to navigate change. Some don't know how to do that, especially as we're working with female executives and female leaders that sometimes they are working with male counterparts that I can say it because I am one just don't get it. We, we just, as males very often are, we're a little tone deaf as to how to elevate the voice and the genius of our women counterparts that need to be illuminated, need to be amplified but sometimes we don't even realize we're squashing it. So I love that you're doing that. I love that you are a part of this. I call it a movement because I think what you're doing is, is very much that I want to back up a little bit to a few things that you said that I'm sure some of our listeners ears went say, what did I hear that correctly? So just to make sure I heard correctly, you, when you did good work, because you weren't under the radar, you were about a head and shoulders above many of your co-workers people felt threatened and therefore your work either wasn't exemplified or wasn't rewarded or recognized and others tried to take credit for it and you weren't promoted or other things happened and i heard a death threat did i hear that correctly
0: yeah actually that was <laughs> you just
1: kind of glossed a, that's over a it, longer the <laughs> story
0: that happened in a given situation where an individual was Passed from manager to manager. We've all had that problem employee yes, that nobody wants to deal with, so they just keep giving them, you know, average performance reviews and trying
1: to put them off Somehow they else. survive. Yes, totally.
0: And this particular employee then came to me because my boss said, "Hey, you're really good with people. That he seems to be um, connecting with you. Why don't you give a shot at him?" Well, the first the first meeting with him, he had talked about how frustrated he was with his job and that he had almost slugged his his manager. I worked with him for quite a while. The The short story is, turned out that he was actually dealing with some mental issues. I had mm-hmm. to put him on psychiatric leave for a time. But through all that, he felt very threatened about his job. And there were several times where I was put in the position of, of a very caged situation. I needed to always have somebody there to be a third party to what was going on. And he was going through a particularly difficult time. So there were times when they were ready to call security, the the other assistants and such, that we'd had some some significant issues that had happened in the office. And so I had police patrolling my house. My husband traveled a lot. So I had, back in the day when cell phones weren't, Real a real thing yet. I had a cell phone oh. underneath my pillow in, in the, and he, he was very threatening in the office. And oh. unfortunately, nobody believed me. Oh. Uh, this guy looked like Santa Claus. He could cry at the top, at, at the drop of a hat. And wow. so here I was, this sweet young 31 year old, right? Mm. And mm. how could I possibly be threatened by this sweet guy? Mm. And uh, yeah, it took quite mm. a while for, it actually took until we were in court because he ultimately sued me Where wow. he exploded in court. And my lawyer finally came to the conclusion that I was in, in danger. Mm. So yeah, it was, it was, wow. it was interesting.
1: Wow. I didn't expect to unpack that story. I hadn't heard that one, but when you said death threat, I was like, I, I'm a little intrigued by that, <laughs> but I'm I'm glad you shared it because so many lessons are are incorporated in what you just shared um, mental health, how we can lead through through that challenging environment, and how that's very real and very especially right now it it's a real situation, and I think the more that we can be emotionally in check and in tune with ourselves and with our people, the better we can lead also the fact that you know the whole principle of employees getting passed from one leader to the next, hopefully they'll be able to take care of that. I hope some of you that are listening to that are taking stock of that. Just a quick micro session on that. Here's a a good rule of thumb I've found when it comes to employees passing from one leader to the next. If there's a particular individual who wants to go to another department, I highly recommend helping them be extraordinary in their current role before they move to a new role versus saying, well, they're just in a wrong role and maybe if they're in another role, they'll do better. Very often the same behaviors and patterns follow. Now, not always, so it's not a cut and dry, but so rule of thumb number one, help them be extraordinary first in their current role versus you know, ascribing the fact that they're not doing well because they're in the wrong fit. Most people find a way to help them be a great fit in that role. Secondly, if it's happened more than twice, don't be seduced by you being the hero that you can really make a, dif- make a difference as the, as the leader. There's a pattern. So assess that and don't turn a blind eye to that. So that's a quick, quick micro session. I've just seen that time and time again, as you have, Karen, it sounds like, mm-hmm. that people get put, pushed and passed along to different teams and it's a miracle they're still there given that X, Y, and Z are happening. So that's, that's another thing. Another thing that I heard was when you raise your voice of warning about something and you're not believed, That is a really difficult, terrifying, frustrating, fill-in-the-blanks situation. And what would you recommend as leaders, you know, if, if one of our teammates or another one of our peers is sharing something and we don't believe them, how do we respond to that? What's the best way to respond to someone who is raising their voice of warning and we tend to not believe or mute them. What would you have preferred in that moment from your leader? Maybe as a different or better way to ask the question.
0: Well, I'll, I'll be honest. There was a lot of hesitation for me even to raise the flag. Being young, being female, having the situation where you know a lot of people were looking for me to fail. Mm-hmm. To say that I had issues like that seemed a bit unbelievable to start with. Interesting. So it, would, it took a lot of guts for me to actually say, "Hey, this is this is happening, and I, I need I need to I need some help." They, I ha- I worked for a great boss, hmm. and he listened. He he didn't quite understand it, didn't quite believe it. I mean, he had been working with the other leaders that had had this gentleman before. He knew he was a problem with work, but not to that level, right? In the end, it turned out that part of his mental issues were with women in authority. And I don't need to go into the the details of that, but it wasn't an imagination on my part. And that Mm. was why it was different with me than it was with the other men. Interesting. Interesting. But I think the, the first thing is if someone is raising a flag, it takes a lot of courage to do that.
1: Hmm. and acknowledge that yeah
0: in a a situation where you know especially you feel really uncomfortable because that's your job right Right. is to to figure out how to deal with people then the next piece would be to ask good questions one of the things when we finally got to court that was really honoring to me as, as as a leader was that the company actually took it to court rather than settling out of court And they did that because I took a lot of notes. I made sure that I was documenting everything. I was reviewing it with this gentleman. I was keeping them. And and so I would say, ask some questions. Have people Mm. document what's going on and when and how. And be contemporaneous with that. Mm -hmm. Don't wait a week to put it down. Write it down or record it. It actually got so bad at one time, I would be doing voice recordings on my drive home from work because I was spending hours just trying to, keep everything wow. together wow um and so then have a chance to review that start doing mm-hmm. things where you there's a third person involved
1: mm-hmm. especially um, when you don't feel safe right like that's that's critical
0: and keep tabs on it talk to the other t- talk to the other people that are involved if, if at all possible and, mm-hmm. and do your own research about what's going on how the how things are, are manifest Love and, that. and, and I, I i get it right now everybody's in the or it seems like there's a lot of impetus to, to raise your hand. and Say, I just feel uncomfortable.
1: Somebody's right, got to right. do something
0: with this. Right. Or a lot of a lot of concern about allegations that just plain aren't true, but you have to deal with. Right. I, I totally get that, and I mm-hmm. I do feel for the vulnerability of of others in those situations.
1: For sure. But backing up to what you were saying, that I loved on asking good questions. What I what I hear because some listeners might be hearing that and going, well, what what is a good question? Rather than getting tactical about what's a good and bad question. What I hear you saying is a great leader will ask a question from curiosity and from a sense of empathy and learning versus asking a question more out of criticism and and incredulity. What's the word being incredulous. that? (laughs) (laughs) That other word was way too big for me. But, but the point is when the, when the person that we're leading feels that the questions that the leaders are asking are are genuine out of curiosity to serve and to help that quote unquote is the right question in my opinion however that's worded is is not as relevant as the energy and the and the motive behind the question versus when you get questions of well why this And, and it's more of a of an interrogation that Mm -hmm. to me is what our people don't need to hear, especially why haven't you you done this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. That are, that are laced with judgment, that are laced with shame, right? That, that it's more, when we're trying to understand and, and, and help, it's just a different energy. Mm. So tell me more about this. How did this versus why this? And did, are you serious but it? like it, you can just sense the difference right mm-hmm. so well that well, well said and well done i love that so in case any leaders are hearing this aren't sure what's right or wrong hopefully that energy helped helped you guide you to what could be more effective and, and less effective and steer away from the from the interrogation and more about the in, inquiry and the and just the curiosity to help and to serve so i love that okay i want to jump to another story the one that I love the most that you shared with me that I, I can't wait for people to hear. So fast forward a little bit in your career, you your good, awesome work and your results spoke for themselves and you were promoted and you were part of a leadership team now. And as you're leading the story, I'm just going to give a little bit of a teaser and then I want you to share some of the details. Okay. From my recollection, you something occurred and one of the other leaders on the team, for lack of a better word, lost it and was completely toxic, super, super angry, belligerent publicly, and you had a choice to respond in that environment and you chose an amazing path. So give us a little context and background of the story and then what occurred and then and, and what you did in response and your choice of response in that moment when you were likely tempted to respond differently. So take it away. <laughs>
0: okay, there had been a reorganization. So I'd gotten the leadership position that most of the people that I wound up directing wanted and actually took the position of a particular VP's favorite person to have that job. Mm. So very, <laughs> very difficult situation to start with. And we were in an in a office environment that was quite open. So there's about 40 some people, my peers, my subordinates, my boss, everybody's in there. And evidently, I had written on one of my weekly reports that it's something, I don't even remember what the incident was about, just kind of reporting on what we were doing. And one day, this VP comes barreling out of the elevator, just his hair on fire, screaming obscenities at me across the room and mm-hmm. making a beeline to my desk. Evidently, whatever I'd written in the previous weeks report had made it to the president's office and in their their leadership team meeting wound up with him in the hot seat and he was now there to share the love with me, right?
1: So much love, yes. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And he felt that the best way to do that was to humiliate me. So he comes to my desk and starts just berating me and blah 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 blah. And I find I have no idea where this came from, to be very honest. I just stood up and I, I said, you know, I think this conversation might be better served in a conference room and i just left to go to the conference room so mm. here he is now he's even more furious because he's you know right. puppy dogging me behind you going to the conference room <laughs> so he shut the door and you can imagine all 40 people are sitting there their ears plastered to the door <laughs> it doesn't get any better he just com- completely gets unglued continues to scream and yell at me and when i could finally get a, a word in edgewise I, I just said you know. Right now, I think we're both so upset that we really are not going to be productive in this meeting. So, Mm -hmm. why don't we just take a breather and let's reconvene when we both are a little more calm. And I just got up, left, got out the door, kind of smiled at everybody, parted the crowd, (laughs) went back to my desk, pulled out (laughs) some paperwork, and then had a complete private meltdown. My knees were shaking (laughs) under the desk, I thought, what did I just do? I am so fired. (laughs) I was just like, oh my gosh, I I just, but what was really (laughs) interesting about that was I noticed almost immediately that my esteem within the company, and especially within that group, even though there wasn't a memo that went out to the whole corporation, you know, clearly the word got out, my esteem just rose incredibly, and To me, it was a revelation of what the definition of leadership was. Totally. Because I realized that if I didn't show enough respect for myself, why would my team think that I could be trusted to have their back if they needed it, right?
1: Right, right.
0: So my integrity as a leader was really intricately intertwined with how I demonstrated my own integrity and self-respect.
1: Oh, it's amazing oh it's so good so good okay so there's there's lots more i'm going to ask on this because there are so many mini lessons within so powerful thank you again for sharing i loved i'm going to rewind a little bit more toward the end of the story the vulnerability of saying and then i had my private meltdown My <laughs> legs were shaking right like that that is normal there and, was no and, mic
0: drop I mean, right just like, no mic.
1: <laughs> right. Just uh, what am I doing? And the and the second guessing of oh boy, and, and I'm so fired, all the stuff our ego tells us of in that moment, right? I love the realness of that. It's so good. But back to the beginning of the story, you could have so easily chosen to respond so differently. You could have cowered in his presence, you could have F-bombed him right back at him, you could have assaulted him <laughs> you you could have done so many things right and and yet there you were in the moment in the arena getting proven and tested in front of an audience by the way hence i why i use the analogy of an arena <laughs> and there you were welcome to leadership right like yeah. how do you prepare for that yet you responded with grace with dignity with clarity with confidence to be able to just Say, so, you know, let's not be here. But first, it was, let's do this somewhere else, not where everyone can hear and see. At least have, have that, dis, that discernment to know that. Secondly, have the second level of discernment to know in the moment when he's heated to say, pause, it's just not helpful right now. That takes so much courage. And even more so, as, as we talked before, that there was a history here. It yeah. turns out he had done this before to other people. Mm-hmm. And, and others hadn't quite stood up the same way, which is why your esteem elevated so much because you not only as a new VP, as a female VP, which I hate that I even have to say female VP, but unfortunately with this particular leader, that is relevant, that you stood up and said, no, I, I'm not going to lead that way. That's just not how we roll. And how many people then gravitated to you and wanting to be led by you because of how you led yourself in that moment, genius, just so, so so good, so I want people as they 're listening to think, where does this apply to me? Where has it applied to me in the past? Where could it apply to me in the future, and how will I choose to respond if and when this type of situation comes up mm-hmm. so just a little mental note for everyone listening, but go ahead, Karen, I want you to share a little more. I, I shared a little bit and then didn 't give you space so. What other thoughts, as, as I shared that, what, what thoughts and insights came to, come to you?
0: Well, like you said, in, in this particular situation, this guy was a bully. He, I think, was particularly humiliated by, by me. But because of that, I, I felt that my team certainly thought that I would have their backs. because mm-hmm. They knew that there, the opportunity for them to be in that same situation was there. But the other thing was, is that my boss, Recognized that he could rely on me being profession, professional even when yeah. things were really uncomfortable and circumstances were Terrible,
1: right? So good
0: And I honestly think my peers stepped up their game
1: Totally you elevated the game for everyone
0: and and the end of the story was that VP was gone with
1: him. the reality That type of leadership just doesn't sustain, you know, I, I, I truly
0: totally believe that in the end Good wins over bad. I mean, it I it agreed. just does. And it's it's up to you to maintain your own principles. And I, I think that really was the thing that that kicked in for me, was, you know, this isn't right. I was when I got over the shock of who would behave like that, first of all, it, it was really about, well, what do I believe? How am I, How do I want to act? How do I want to model for for those around me? what is appropriate behavior I totally. don't have to own his craziness mm-hmm. and I think <laughs> that's 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 a big thing
1: yeah you know definitely
0: you, you you feel like somehow you deserve this or or maybe there is you really did do something wrong I nobody deserves that kind of behavior but his mm-hmm. behavior or lack lack of control of it's right. not my problem to solve I'm only totally. really responsible for how I respond
1: Absolutely, And I need
0: to it's be so true what,
1: what I think is, is right. 100%. And you literally elevated the game of everyone around you. So good. So I like to call moments like these character revealing moments. Lots of times, you know, you'll go through a tough time and people say, oh, that, that sure develops character. No, the tough times that, you, that you're that you on in spotlight actually reveal our character. Our character is developed in the private moments when nobody's watching. Yeah. It's the, it's the habits that we maintain in the morning and, and during the day and the evening so that when tough things happen, which they will, that's when we, we, we reveal who, our true self. I, I like to call it the airport analogy. When you are going, say, for example, hypothetically, London to Phoenix, like somebody on this podcast was, and he, so we, now we know who the podcast or the, who the person is, <laughs> yeah. had a layover in JFK, and hadn't slept for 24 hours and hadn't eaten in about the same amount of time because of all the craziness of the travel, gets to JFK to find out the the flight is canceled and you don't have another alternative for several hours. How does that person and the the passengers with him who are are in a similar situation respond when they get to the the customer service desk? Who shows up then? That's a character-revealing moment. You have all the reasons in the world to be angry, to be hungry, to be tired, which all of us listening right now know none of us is in our best place when we're hungry and tired. (laughs) That's a very dangerous combination. doesn't matter how old you are. You can see it in a toddler, but the same as as me, same, all of us, right? So who shows up? So now in business, guess what? We have all sorts of moments when things just don't go the way we hoped they would. And things go awry. We don't hit our numbers. We're low on budget. We may not make payroll. Whatever the stress is, those are character revealing moments and i believe the best way to lead is in that moment choose to respond powerfully positively and productively that it's our choice because it's a lot easier to lead when things are going great when when all the the budgets there it the, the resources leadership. are there <laughs> right exactly it's, it's like <laughs> set. exactly leadership really really we show our face when tough times are are, are there so Thank you for being that leader, Karen. Seriously. Thank you for being an example. Thank you for choosing to do what you did. Thank you for being a spotlight for others to emulate. I believe we need more of that. And it's why we're creating this podcast. It's why we want to perpetuate good. We want to perpetuate light. We want to put a spotlight on more light because I believe light begets light and darkness begets darkness. Optimism. And pessimism are both contagious, but the only thing more contagious than optimism is pessimism. Mm. So it's our choice. And let's let's spread the good. Let's and, and th- that's the bad. It's totally, always easier to totally. accept
0: that.
1: Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Very very well said. So, you know, as we wrap up and as we, you know, leave people with, with different lessons and different thoughts, I'd love for you to share, you know, if there's one thing to lead leave people with, what what nugget of wisdom would you have? What would you like to share with people when it comes to leading with you know, toxic environments or toxic leaders? What, what recommendation would you have for people?
0: I think if I roll it up into one sentence, I would say it's not about you. Hmm. It's not about you being great. It's not about you being a bad person. Leadership is about others. It's about the people you lead. So take the ego out of it and don't take what's going on personally think through how you can help others get through it
1: wow that was that was so good i need to ask a follow up question how does one do that how, how do you not make it about you and how do you strip yourself of ego
0: well i think first of all is to understand your purpose hmm. your position is your position but how you how you exercise it tells you who you're focusing on. Wow. And you can certainly ask your subordinates or your, or your peers and they'll, they'll probably tell you. Right. But I think it's also measured by the level of trust that you receive. Hmm. People don't trust those that are clearly more concerned about their success or how they look to others there's always that, that hidden agenda, and, and whether you think you're saying the right things and doing the right things, there there are tells on people that that you see the mask, and mm-hmm. they may not be able to put their finger on it, but it's like something's off here. I'm, I'm just there. not right, sure what's right. going on, and and that prevents them from having that trust from really really absorbing and, and believing what you say and, and expect that you're going to do it.
1: Yeah. Wow. I mean, we
0: can all, so we all know it. the poser, right?
1: Totally. And, and totally.
0: that's, that's an extreme example. But when, when we think we're being really good at hiding that we're not.
1: Yeah. we we, we, we as human beings are smarter than that and we can sense it. It's, it's the sixth sense. It's whatever you want to call it. We know when something is off <laughs> for, and
0: for me, one, cool. one good clue to that point is, What's my first thought that comes into my head when there's a situation or a conversation that goes backwards.
1: Mm. That's great. It,
0: and it If it's about me,
1: <laughs> right? That's a great. I know test that's test.
0: Where, my, where my, my first allegiance is going to lie in, in my response and how I, I look at solving the issue.
1: Awesome. That's a great test to, to do on ourselves and just a little mental model to remember. I love that. Ah, it's so good, man. We could talk for another five hours. We won't, but I, I would love to, obviously we're going to stay in touch, but I'd love for others to get to learn from you and, and get to know you. Where, where can they go when they want to reach out to you or want to learn more wh- about what you do?
0: Well, easy way would be off of LinkedIn at Karen M. Pierce. That's my, my name on, online there. Also and for, my- those,
1: for those that aren't, aren't reading but are hearing, spell Pierce because there's mm, a couple good. ways to spell that. Well, it's
0: Karen M as in Marie, and Pierce is P-I-E-R-C-E, like theories. Or you can go to my website, uh, kmpconsultants.com, and you'll get a little better idea of what we do and an ability to contact me directly there.
1: So good. I hope you will as well. I know Karen can and does offer, as you already heard, tons of value. And I love, I love her energy. I love what she's doing in the world. I love what she and her team have built and are creating because it, it really connects well with what we're lead, what we're doing here at ready to lead. Just helping perpetuate powerful, positive, great leadership tools, tactics, frameworks, mindsets, ways of how we can show up to be better leaders for the teams that we're leading and serving. That's what it's all about. And it's, no joke it's a really hard journey it's difficult for i I dare say all all leaders it's just not easy but that's what kind of what makes it fun it's never it's never solved it's never it's never perfect there's never like a simple oh now we do this every single time because we human beings are a bit complex right yes (laughs) (laughs) And, and people respond differently in different situations but we want you the listener and our friends and our community to feel empowered to feel supported to feel that you're not alone in this journey of leadership so that every day when we wake up, we can feel and be ready to lead because it is the summitless mountain that we're, that we're trying to climb as leaders and it's okay, but together we can accomplish more. And I know it's so cliche, but it's true. So thank you everybody for listening. And Karen, thank you. You're awesome. I appreciate you as a a dear friend and I can't wait to continue to work with you and learn from you, but everybody thank you. Take one action today and make it happen. We appreciate you, Karen. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Jeff. It's been an
1: honor. All right. See you later, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Ready to Lead show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating
0: on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to stay updated on the release of new episodes, be sure to hit that follow
1: button. And Jeff and Richard, they want to hear from you. If there's an episode topic you'd like to hear them dive into, or something about today's episode that was a big breakthrough, or maybe even something you disagree with, they want to know. Send them an email at feedback at readytolead.com. Thanks again for tuning into this episode. We'll see you on the next one.